the Augustin Hozinga Show with your host Augustin Hozinga. Smack the shit out your bitch ass midget girlfriend, nigga. <laughs> Welcome back to the Agostino Zynga Show, episode number 706 with I, your host, Agostino Zynga. This is the Agostino Zynga Show with I, your host, Agostino Zynga, and this is episode number 706. And I hope you are doing well wherever this podcast may find you. I hope you are doing swimmingly. How am I? You know all good, all things. Not complaining, not complaining. I'm not going to waste any more of your time. We're going to get right into it because I'm sure some of you are eager to know what my thoughts and opinions are on Man United losing 3-1 at home to Brighton. Um, I've got nothing crazy to say. I think most of the crazy things that have been said have already been said. But I just think, if anything, this is a further indication of just how far behind we've fallen. Um, over the years, I think we've kind of seen... Um, that other teams, especially the top teams are pulling away from us. But now we're trying to see the teams that have just newly been promoted into the league. Teams are building and trying to, um, become the new sort of like dynasty in the Premier League or trying to break into the top six, top four. They are now starting to show, um, indications that they're even starting to match our levels or starting to pull away. We can no longer, um, you know, do away with these teams as we did maybe in the past. They are now coming to our home stadiums and giving us a footballing lesson, which Brighton did for the majority of that match. They played us off the park, possession football, not the kind of boring possession football that people complain about, one-touch possession football that killed any sort of like, you know, desire or hunger for our players to close them down, which they hardly did anyway. But when they did try, they couldn't get near the ball because of their passing, because of their positioning, because of the patterns of play that they had, because of the players that are on the ball who were all very technically proficient able to gather the ball within one touch spin into space pass it to somebody else it was a real 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 masterclass from Brighton so I give Brian all the praise and um, for coming to our home ground and basically balling us off the flipping pitch so it kind of is what it is but when it comes to Brian United's perspective one of the most concerning things about it was there was a clear 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 um evidence there on the pitch of what it looks like when the team plays like a team and when a team plays like a collection of individuals Manchester United with a bunch of individuals and Brighton had the team and I think in yesteryears a team like Brighton may have lost against Man United because we have match winners who can kind of bail us out right we have the likes of Rashford of Martial on his day a Casemiro a Bruno Fernandes and Anthony if he's here a Mason Greenwood if he's here and many other players and maybe even a Varane right who can really bail us out of moments where we are not playing well but now we're seeing that without some of those players available and with the improvement that these teams are making 
they now have technically proficient players to hurt us during the game and they also have players who are good enough in front of goal to take their chances and usually they might concede like they did against us you know the goal against the goal from Hannibal um, was really good to be honest a good strike from about 20 yards out of the box um, and happy to see him score didn't mind any celebration at Walker he's a young player he came on with a lot of tenacity a lot of hunger to impress and I don't mind that in the slightest especially when you consider we're a bunch of collective individuals anyway the fact that he did that is not an indication of just how you know poorly led that whole team is but a story for another day but i feel like all of the brighton goals were team goals our one goal was a moment of brilliance you see that's the main difference you're seeing there and one of the concerning things about it for me is that looking at what the zerbi is doing at brighton and maybe looking at more what Ange is doing now at spurs you can clearly see that there's an issue with the managers and their inabilities to sort of like get us playing the way that they want to get us playing in a short amount of time. And I don't know if it's to do with us having bad luck in terms of managers have been picking over the years, or if it's to do with maybe the structure of our club, not allowing managers to come in and do their best work. Because why can the new Spurs manager, um, he's first, you know, the first new manager's, in his first season here in England already be showing signs of where Spurs are basically trying to go with roughly the same players that the previous manager had some new additions here and there but roughly the same sort of squad and been able to show us what he's cooking why has the Zerbi been able to show us what he's cooking in an evolution also from Graham Potts which is also very good why can he show it and Eric Ten Hag can't that's the main problem I'm having and another issue that I've had and something that doesn't get spoken about enough is what is really up with Eric Ten Hag's talent ID? Did we all get catfished by him at Ajax? The way that they played football, was that to do with him? Or was that to do with the way Ajax play football? I'm not really too sure because when he came into United, I think I was expecting him to have the team full of technically professional players because Ajax, for the most part, especially during his tenure and before that, they're basically built on the foundation of technical proficiency they don't care how small how tall you are if you're good with the ball at your feet you have a chance of making it over their Ajax so I assumed he would maybe try and do the same thing at United but he didn't instead he wanted us to be a transition team okay no problem let's be a transition team but can you be a transition team with Aaron Wan-Bissaka can you be a transition team with Luke Shaw can you be a transition team with Marcus Rashford? Can you be on transition team with Bruno Fernandes, with Casemiro? Um, you know, like with Lissandro Martinez, with Diego Dolo, like all these players that he's sort of like resting his hat on, are those players really to be a transition team in? I'm not really too sure really, you know? And that's the thing that's kind of disturbing or kind of worrying to me in that regard. His talent ID is a little bit all over the place. Some people would say, oh, he's wanted other players he hasn't been able to get. Okay. But I just think for the players that he has been able to sign, the likes of Anthony being a really good example of it, especially if that's somebody that you feel like is going to be a crucial part of the way you play football. We still haven't seen the best of Anthony yet. We still haven't seen anything close to the best from him yet. We still haven't seen him actually come close to justifying his price tag. We haven't seen him come close to justifying the faith that Ten Hag has in him, more so than Sancho, which again, you can understand why Sancho has a hard time trying to apologize to the manager when he's seeing subpar players not really pulling up any trees, getting chance after chance after chance after chance. So there's many questions to be had, but I feel like one of the most concerning parts of the game for me was that there was like a 30 pass sequence for one of the goals where essentially our players gave up trying to press 
There was this idea that we're going to be press merchants. We're going to be pushing teams to the brink, pushing ourselves to the brink. And really and truly, these players have demonstrated what Roy Keane or, you know, basically solidifies Roy Keane's statement that he said before where he mentioned that these players will always throw their manager under the bus. And I think that's true. I think it also comes from the leadership. The Glazers, you know, are, I think, 80% to blame for our current predicament. I just think there's it's it's impossible to work in a normal way at a club like United with man with owners who aren't normal, right? With owners who prioritize finishing in the top four, with owners who meddle, with owners who have loads of bureaucracy and red tape and hoops to sort of jump in and out of to get things done. It's impossible to do so. And people who just don't know what they're doing, right? A John Moto and a Darren Fletcher, that's not the combination you need to try and get us closer to bridging the gap between us and Man City. They're not going to do it, right? Murto came from Everton. He's been at the club for a while anyway. Um, he's kind of overseen years and years of failure. Darren Fletcher is completely inexperienced and has no business being there either. So it really is a, a, a diabolical set of choices to have as football directors. And of course, everybody involved with the Glazers and Richard Arnold, those guys are, are completely horrible. We only got rid of Ed Woodward recently. So that kind of, you know, scapegoat has kind of left. But I feel like with those, those things being said, if you're hiring a manager like Ten Hag, who's meant to be a strict disciplinarian, who has a very specific type of way of playing football, and we're not playing that style of football, I want to know what's going on in the training ground. I want to know why he's unable to get through to his players, because yes, he hasn't signed some of these players, but he's picking a lot of them. So technically they are his players because he's putting the faith in them. So what's going on? Do we just have a whole changing room full of players who are just, you know, just don't want to play for their managers if they try to make them do too much is that the kind of place that we have attitude wise if that's the case one of the main things i want when we do get new owners is i want a complete clean sweep i want what other teams get other teams in a the league they do away with players who don't you know who don't meet their standards like a jar cancelo if he had a tit attack with the manager but the owners thought he was a good player and they went to keep him they would have fired the manager before they got rid of Jack Cancelo. But obviously, because Man City maybe have one title, he's got difference or cachet, who knows? But I'm just saying, like, United don't seem to be able to just say, okay, even though this player's done well for us, even though he's good enough, he's not at the top level to get us near where we need to get to. Because I don't think a, a good ownership, a ownership that wants to win titles, that wants to win trophies, will give Luke Shaw a sec another contract. I don't think an ownership would be so quick to give even Marcus Rashford a bumper 350 or no, 600 grand contract that he's got. I don't think an ownership would be so quick to give someone like Bruno Fernandes an armband, considering how petulant he can get. I don't think a, a real strong leadership and ownership would be, you know, would um, tell the manager they can't sign a defender until they get rid of Harry Maguire. They'd get rid of him. Do you know what I mean? If it's not, he's not gonna, if he's not up to scuff and he's not gonna get us closer to our end goals. So maybe that's the problem, but I'm still really dubious as to, you know, Ericsson Hogg's man management style because we've seen a lot of, you know, kerfuffles with him and players so far. He hasn't been able to connect with Jaden Sancho, even though he did him a favor and let him go away for those two weeks. He hasn't earned any sort of grace from him in the slightest. He seems to not like him. Jaden, Ericsson Hogg obviously doesn't like Jaden Sancho. And I'm sure that has caused some division in the change room. It, you know, it's impossible for it not to have. And I'm sure people have different opinions on it. And it's funny to see that, you know, 
Aaron Bissaka was a player who went, I think, away with Jaden Sancho, didn't he, right? Did he go away? Yeah, I think he went away with Jaden Sancho to America, wherever they went. And just as he went away to America with Jaden Sancho and kind of publicly backed him, I guess, the Instagram post, he wasn't the one playing. Dalo was the one that started and then Aaron Wan-Bissaka came on as a substitute later on in the game. Now, was that tactical? Was Aaron Wan-Bissaka not selected because he, he was, you know, not fit or he was jet lagged? Or was he not selected because he's been publicly seen to be back in Jaden Sancho and as a soft punishment, he gets to sit on the bench? Who knows? But either way, I have a real hard time believing that this approach that Ayrton Hag has in terms of being strict with his team is going to work because we're not playing well enough. We're not playing well enough to justify him treating the players the way he's treating them because we've seen over the in the past really with this ownership, once the players turn on the manager, nine times out of ten, the owners pick the players over the managers. We've seen the owners stop Jose Mourinho from selling Anthony Martial because they liked Anthony Martial as a player. You get a manager in like Jose with the credentials that he's got and he says he doesn't want him or he doesn't think he's ready to be his number nine. And then you don't want to sell him because you think he's your favorite player or because he, I don't know, he sells a lot of shirts in France or whatever, or whatever. Maybe he's one of the popular shirt sellers in, in the superstore in the first place. I don't know. That's a real problem. And I feel like if that is the problem, um, Ayrton Hogg should be brave enough to step away from the club and walk if that's the case. If his job is being undermined or questioned or his authority is being undermined in that regard, he really should walk away because it's not going to get any time, any, any better anytime soon. Um, unless the Glazers do actually sell up. And if the Glazers do sell up, there's also no guarantee he stays in the job anyway because the football's horrible. Who's going to want him to play this type of football if he's signing all the players that he wants? It's only going to increase the pressure. It only makes things actually worse for him. So if he wants to get things right and he wants to get things sorted, he should make, he should try as much as he can now to get the team playing the way he wants to get to play it, the wants them to play. And, you know, in all circumstances, just try your hardest to make that happen because at the moment, we've seen other managers in less time do it with less resources and he doesn't seem able to do it. And then the post-match press conference was really concerning. He was essentially trying to say all these other teams are spending money. And then the journalist corrected him and said, that actually, the, the team that was on display against you cost, I think, less than 25 million or something stupid like that. And he had nothing else to say. Oh, they spent money in the past. Yeah, but that's not the case. It's not about money. And it's just something like, oh, when well, Maynard come in, the price always goes up. That's what the same with any top club. We just don't seem able to negotiate well. We can't, we can't sign players quickly. We can't sell players quickly. We don't sell players well in terms of getting any of our money back in any way, shape or form. We always overpay for players as well. Like we seem to get really taken advantage of in the transfer market. And you listen to a lot of ITKs and they'll tell you, that the common saying around the town of people who are involved in football transfers is that if you want your client, a player, to go and get a bumper contract or to go get a decent amount of money or for you to get some kickback, go and try and sign them to the Man United because we always pay over the odds because we're so horrible at transfers. There's so much red tape, so many you know hoops to jump in and out from, who knows? But if that's a problem, we need to fix that. But how are we going to fix that? Change ownership. Are we going to change them too? No. So the hurt's going to last for a while. Um, the Hoyland booing was very interesting. Ericton Hogg decides to sub off um, Hoyland and bring on Anthony Martial. I didn't interpret it as they were booing Martial. I think most common sense people will interpret it as them, as why did, you know, Ericton Hogg decide to sub off um to sub off Hoyland for Martial when you could have brought Martial on with Hoyland. 
He could have taken off Rashford, who was absolutely stinking up the place. Rashford is another example of somebody that doesn't play like a teammate. He was doing a lot of um, his own things, trying to make things happen on his own, trying to be a match winner. There were different occasions where he could have passed it or crossed it into the box for Hoyland to score, and he didn't. Um, again, being super selfish and just being very, you know, crap the way Rashford usually is. When he's, when he's not scoring goals, that's a problem with Rashford. If you, if you just see his goal, if you just see his stats... He looks like a decent player, but he's lack of consistency and the fact that he doesn't have a good decision-making process when he does get on the ball nine times out of ten, especially playing for United, it just makes him look very bad and not worth the money that he gets paid, unfortunately. It just isn't the way of the game. And I think if he was playing for Man City, he would have been sold a long time ago. If Man City got rid of Sterling, they would have got rid of Rashford a long time ago also. I just think us, we're just so sentimental when it comes to our players. We just can't seem to ever let them go. Bruno Fernandes is another one. He didn't play well either. Um, Ericsson was okay, but he was clearly looking like he was old and leggy. Casemiro also looks a complete shadow of himself last season. Lissandra Martinez doesn't look good at all in the slightest. Um, there's issues still at right back, I feel like. I feel like Serge, you know, Reguilon actually had the best game for us, even though I wasn't really fond of him starting or playing for us in the slightest. He actually played pretty well. I have to give Reguilon a lot of credit. He was probably our standout player. Um, Lindelof whatever Onana and as a goalkeeper that's looking shaky you know he was never a good shot stopper but we kind of brought him in to be a playmaker from the back but unfortunately we're playing so bad now and the players that he has playing in front of him aren't good on the ball generally like I, I, I still don't get the logic of signing a, a goalkeeper to play out from the back to change our way of playing football but then not having players who can receive the ball from him who can receive the ball in one touch and spin or retain the ball under pressure and spin into space like Man City players do or any other player that, that plays in a possession plays team where the goalkeeper passes out from the back. Our players always look so nervous when they're about to receive the ball from the goalkeeper at any height, any location on that pitch. So that's a really concerning thing. So now Nada isn't being asked to, to play that role or he can't show his skills, what he's actually really good at. He's now being asked to be a shot stopper and he doesn't look good as a shot stopper. He doesn't come close to David De Gea and shot stopping. Obviously, David De Gea should, should have been moved. You know, the fact that he hasn't been signed to a new club, nice door free agent, says everything you need to say about David De Gea's current level. He was not, you know, he shouldn't be at the club anyway. But the difference in shot stopping is just out of this world. Like, I think the third goal by Jao Pedro, De Gea probably saves that. He probably tips that around the bar, you know? Around the post, sorry. So he's not looking good. Um, Casemiro's looking like a shadow of himself. We've still got Scott McTominay playing for us. After everything's been said and done, Scott McTominay still starts for us at United. And again, Ericsson Hogg's decision. Ericsson, of course, you can't really blame him. Condition he already has. He shouldn't be relied upon the way he is really being relied upon. He's a good enough player that should be coming off the bench as an option. And in my opinion, he should be getting used further up the pitch. If you're going to play somebody like him who's you know, on his last legs, um, due to his, obviously, his health complications, he maybe should be playing closer to the goal in a sort of quasi number 10 position. But that position gets bestowed to Bruno Fernandes who can never get subbed off. He has stinkers routinely, never get subbed off because he might have an odd occasion where he flicks the ball over the top. It's like, it's not worth it for the entire time that he's just spraying Hollywood balls, unable to retain possession, just moaning around the pitch. He's just, he's such a frustrating player, man. Such a frustrating player to watch. Um, and also, I just think if you want to win the league, 
Bruno Fernandes isn't going to be your guy. I'm just sorry. He's not. You've got to evolve from that. Um, Hoyland played pretty well. I was really impressed by him. But again, we're not using him to his um, potential. Um, he's, he, I don't think all of his strengths are back to goal. I think a lot of it is balls coming over from the top, crosses into the box. And do we do that? Of, of course, not enough. Regulon did try, but it wasn't enough. And Rashford had a complete stinker. But... Um, yeah, overall, terrible game. I'm not looking forward to the Champions League games against fucking Bayern Munich and everybody else. I'm not looking forward to the other league games happening as well. And I just think it's going to be a complete horror show for us going forward because until we actually change owners, we're fucked. We're actually fucked until we change owners. There's no change in this club. We are completely fucked. And if we decide to just go down the route of, oh, let's get another manager in, then we're going to notice how fucked we are because we're going to get another manager in who we think is really good, who plays a good brand of football. And then we're going to quickly see that you can't teach these current group of players to play the football that we want to see. You have to get rid of them. But our club doesn't get rid of players en masse because they see them as fucking assets or something. I don't know what the fuck is going on, but we don't seem capable to sign loads of players or to get rid of loads of players. We have to always kind of keep them on board. So you're going to see Luke Shaw. You're going to see these Iron Wamba Sackers, the Dallow, all these players that probably should be either squad options or moved on. They're still going to be people that we depend on going forward. Even the McTominay's. Like, why is Scott McTominay still at the club? Why is he still at the club? If you, if you had to choose from one or the other to let go of Fred or McTominay, you probably choose McTominay because he's the worst of the two. And he, 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 only, he only play in really one position. That's sort of like attacking midfielder further up the pitch position. But he's never going to play that position because Bruno Fernandes plays there and he can never get subbed. But if you're going to pick one player to be versatile, to be able to play wing back, to play midfield, you, play, you probably pick Fred. For as inconsistent and horrible as he's on the ball, pick him first. But... I'm assuming because Fred wants to play football, he didn't want to stay on the bench and be an option. Fair, he goes. But to think about we signed Mason Mount and I don't think any United fan is going to sit here now and say Mason Mount is a better player than Fred or will do a better job than Fred in that position. I don't think so. That's the issue we're at. We're not even past that stage yet. We can't even get players better than Fred. We're still signing players like Mason Mount who were, you know, um, surplus to requirements at Chelsea. Like, can you imagine? Can you fucking imagine? But anyway, I won't go on about it too much because I'm going to be hurting my brain. But United always disappoint me. They always find new ways to fucking hurt my heart. And yeah, man, that's what it's like being a United fan, isn't it? That's what it's like being a bloody United fan. Moving on, a quick way to touch upon this. This is regarding an exhibition called Nax, which is Knights in Berlin. Um, in Berlin, which is Knights in German, which features an exhibition from one of the door pickers bouncers over there in Berlin. Um, called Mishka. He decided to put this great little photography exhibition together. Um, you know, depicting some of the faces who kind of pass through the hallowed doors of Berghain, and some people be involved in it. I think it's a good thing if you are just a regular punter because this is the confirmation you need that you're a regular i see that gets spoken about a lot on the Berghain subreddit people saying oh what about regulars 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 if you want to know if you're regular or not did you get featured in mishka's um uh, exhibition yes or no and if you did you're definitely a regular if you didn't unfortunately you have to still work hard like i am to go as many times as you can and hope that maybe you get recognized and the other funny thing about it i was just thinking I never knew who this Mishka guy was by name before the subreddit. That's been the really funny part about the 
you know, social media and just communities online, um, you know, and the interactions they have with places like Bergheim, because there was a time when, when I was going to Bergheim, when there wasn't really a place you could speak about the club online, really and truly. I don't really think it existed. Maybe there was some people talking about it here and there on Twitter when I searched the term, the term Bergheim here and there, but there weren't many places you could actually go and speak about it. So when, you know, Reddit came into um, came into trend, and then obviously places like TikTok. You then saw a lot of people posting content around it on there and talking about it openly. And on TikTok, especially, there's a whole entire generation of kids in there who don't really respect the no photo policy rules in there as much as probably my generation probably people do. So you sometimes will stumble upon people just recording themselves in Bergheim dancing and shit, which is fucking wild. Because if you've been in there, you'll know how that's completely frowned upon because they don't allow it to stick they put a stick over your phone and they make it sure if they know that you're um a first timer they let you know clearly if you re- if you take a picture you're out and if they catch you you have no complaints but also it's very well self-policed the people in there make sure that if somebody's taking a picture tap you and say hey don't do that you know because i've been in there before my first time ever going in there trying to take a bump on a dance floor like you do in a uk club and some random person's like hey we don't do that here go in the toilet sort of thing and i was like oh shit because obviously how how am i meant to know that that's a thing in germany was the first time there do you know what I mean? because there's no time there's no place to kind of get the information um but um yeah anyway let's continue so this is obviously gives you some background courtesy of Floor magazine regarding the exhibition and we're going to go through some pictures i've seen on the old instagram it says berlin's a city known for its richard berlin a city known for its rich history vibrant art scene and legendary nightlife is a melting pot um, of creativity and expression amidst the historic streets and the modern architecture the underground techno culture thrives giving birth to a unique way of life photographer and bergheim bouncer mishka fang Halen, Vang Halen, Vang Halenel, yeah, my name Fang Hainel um, takes us on a captivating journey into the world of its solo first ex- portrait exhibition called Nax, a glimpse into Berlin's club culture, debuting at the Act Berlin during Berlin Art Week. Um, Mishka, a dual identity as a bouncer and a photographer, might seem a little bit unconventional pairing, but for him, it's a harmonious blend that contrasts in worlds. He describes it as a balance between the loud, the bustling realm of the nightclub and a serene solitude of the capturing moments through the uh, through his lens the balance culminates in nax where his photography transcends documentations and becomes an immersive artistic expression the exhibition which art starts with an exclusive um vernice how you say that vernices vernices whatever that word is on september the 13th and it ends with the public um on the 17th and features 175 portraits of personalities from the berlin techno scene that's incredible 175 people you're definitely a regular if you're in a 175 group you're definitely a regular like what jerry can say about their la comedians you're part of the 1000 you're definitely part of the hallowed 175 um i wonder what's a global i wonder what the amount is for the actual global scene of heads that go to techno parties because i know a couple of them on, on my instagram who i kind of know loosely i wouldn't call them close friends but they're kind of my instagram friends and they go to like raves all, all over the place. They go to festivals all over the place. A few of them went to Flipping Dre Molin Festival, which I'm pissed I didn't go to this year, but I will be there. I'll be there for sure next year. But I wonder what that global community of people is. The people who like are, who are on Telegram groups, who are discussing stuff on Reddit, who go and travel to specific festivals, who go to specific places around the world, specific club nights and shit. How many of us are there really who talk about it to a level of detail that I talk about it to and, you know, it's just a bit lame, but whatever. I wonder how many there is of us in total. Is there probably a thousand? Is there maybe more than a thousand? 
because I think it's a very small amount. I think the actual general normie consumer of this sort of stuff, right? The, the person that just goes to Bergheim because they saw it in Vice magazine or some shit back in the day. I think those people are definitely in the majority. I, th- I, f- I think the global, you know, amount of heads and regulars, quote unquote, or wannabe regulars is definitely within the thousand mark. One, maybe 1,000 to 5,000 around the world in my opinion I'm not too sure let's continue um displayed against the concrete walls of the ex berlin um, place these portraits are printed on brushed aluminium a choice made for its unique ability to render images without reflections the deep ve- uh, velvety blacks and enhanced contrast draw viewers in with the image reple- uh, repl- replicating the dynamic interplay of light and shadow found in the city's techno clubs i love that to be honest using aluminium as a canvas is fucking incredible that's pretty cool i'm not gonna lie and um, mishka's artistic vision of next um beautifully encapsulates the essence of berlin's techno culture the quote says in the sea of dancers you first see the crowd but as far as you look you see individuals characters and faces come to life max mirrors this crowd blending everything yet revealing glimpses of distinct movements and faces in individual portraits in a unique twist the exhibition includes video format portraits displaying a seven meter high screen in a venue cinema um, alongside these visuals are personal notes and interviews from technology legends like Len Faki, Ben Clock, Patrick Mason, and offering a glimpse into the future of digital art and a new artistic expression. These video artworks are available through Beatport's new digital marketplace, Beatport.io, with Next serving as inaugural digital um, collectible. I'm actually surprised Patrick Mason hasn't played at Bergheim yet. It's actually quite surprising considering how much he's kind of blown up over the last few years considering his style his appeal how popular he is in general and the fact that he's been able to i feel like he's been able to balance the high and low really well i think i saw somewhere um well actually i posted my account how one time you know i think it's been three years actually i think no is it less than four years or whatever let's say it's within a five-year um range he's been able to go from playing at whore in that you know in that um on live streaming place all the way to doing a stage at Tomorrowland. That's how quickly he's transcended. But I don't think he's also sold out. I don't think he's kind of got corny or cheesy. If you'd never liked him from the beginning for his dancing and his eccentric eccentric behavior and shit, you were never going to be a fan of him anyway. But I think if you just watched him as from afar, you could definitely tell or definitely say with some level of certainty that he definitely hasn't sold out. I don't think so. He's still the same DJ and artist that he was when he started. He's just doing it on a bigger scale. So it's been actually quite impressive way he's been able to do it. So considering the other people they have who fit the same sort of, you know, mold, kind of like a Daria, I think plays similarly to him. I don't think it's a problem why he shouldn't go there. He's not, I mean, he's good enough to play there. Obviously, technically as a DJ, I think it's surprising he hasn't been able to play. And actually, you know what? I'd actually prefer to see him play there because I'd want to see him play a longer set of that type of music i know he can do it because you know he'd be on live stream that's the thing i remember tuning into his instagram live streams during the fucking lockdown and shit and he'd be streaming from his house somewhere just doing his thing and drawing himself having an absolute blast so i know he can do longer sets but i'd like to see what he'd be able to pull out of his bag doing longer you know bergheim like sets like four plus hours that would actually be a pretty good thing to see actually and maybe you might develop a whole entire side for him as well as an artist because he maybe just gets booked to play these gigs around the world where it's always two hours you know minimum two hours or maximum two hours let's, let's see what's going on but anyway that was it 
Um, you see it there. Nax is not just a multi, multi, sorry. Nax is not just a art exhibition. It's a multi-sensory journey that bridges the gap between visual art and electronic music, making it an unparalleled event in the Berlin Art Week lineup. It invites a discerning audience to transcend the art world and experience a vibrant culture that defines Berlin. So, um, let's obviously check out some of the videos and images of what happened over there as we can do over here with Instagram. So thank you, Instagram, for the location feature because you can just check Wild One based on that and see what all these Berlin hipsters and art folks were doing out there and how it looked. So let's have a look and take this a butchers of what happened. We can just basically go through all the pictures and kind of scroll down. Actually, you know what I should do? Let me actually just scroll down further and let some more load up and then we can kind of continue on there. There we go. Cool. And let's see what these guys and gals have been saying when they went there over the last few days. So here's a few pictures and videos from a person as well, uploading some of the um, installation pieces, I think, with the videos playing and shit, which looks pretty cool. Um, we continue over to some new ones. We see a picture here of Ricardo Villalobos. I'm going to show you who this guy is or that guy. Or this guy, or that person, or that person. Uh, Gerd Janssen, big up my guy, Gerd Janssen there, looking absolutely incredible. Big up the, the geography DJ teacher of the world. Um, love him, love a bit of Gerd. Um, this young gentleman here went as well. No further picture of the exhibition. Let's see a picture of the exhibition. The actual space itself looks fucking beautiful, right? That cylindrical staircase right in the middle with, with a tree billowing out from it is fucking beautiful. Really, really, um, photogenic place. We've got obviously Mishka, one of the ball pickers there at Berlin there to, on the Bergen so to the left. I'm not too sure if that's a, I don't know if that is, um, I don't think that's the person I'm thinking about at the back here in the picture, but yep, we got him there, um, next to Talisman. So we continue here again. We've got a logo or a banner here of the exhibition itself next on the outside. I love the red and black. Actually, looks pretty cool. Um, cool font choice as well. Um, we continue here. We see all the portraits hung on the walls, which look really good, to be fair. Printed on aluminium, black and white pictures. He's actually a really good photographer, to be fair. I'm not going to lie. Uh, if it was me and I got to use these pictures, I'd want to use them straight away as things to use for press shots and shit. So these look really cool. We've got more pictures of the trees, the actual building itself, installation, more so installation pieces. So yeah, it looked really fun exhibition. It's a shame I probably won't be there whilst I'm there to kind of see it, but it does look like a really fun exhibition. You'd imagine they probably throw a good private view in Berlin, in Berlin right? They've got, you know, it's a, it's a home of techno, it's a home of party. So you'd imagine they probably are really good at throwing fucking private views. Oh, that's the, that's the person that actually got took the picture of, right? His name is Alexander. So his caption said as follows. I remember Mishka since he started working at Berghain Door about 12 years ago. I'm so excited to be a part of this NFT project and exhibition and the two opening parties with Len Faki and Ben Clock. The portrait printed on metal is selling for 5k. Apparently somebody already reserved it. <laughs> Amazing. So big up him. Um, well done him for being a, being featured on it. That's pretty cool to be fair. So big up Alexander. Um, we move on from that one. We have an image for this person as well. Um, let's see what they saw inside. We got the banner on the outside, Berlin Art Week. We've got a picture here of Arm. Um, well done. We've got more images on the inside of Berlin. Okay, nothing else of Next Berlin, but we continue. Oh, it's actually a Next Berlin Instagram account. Let me actually go back to that. I didn't know it was an Instagram account. Maybe the Instagram account will have actually more pictures. Let's open that in a new tab. But yeah, we continue and see if there's anything more people are featured here. 
um, hold on, I think I skipped somebody here, right? There was a girl here I saw. Did I skip somebody? Let's see if she's got any pictures on here. This young lady, was, what does she have when she was there recently? Just selfies? Okay, cool. You look cool and cute. Keep doing your ting. Um, let's continue here. Who else has got something? Let's see if there's any more banners, more pictures of the flyer itself. Another person who got a picture taken of them. This person's called Modelo, I think, on Instagram. Um, they look really cool here as well. So big up them for being featured. That looks that's a pretty cool honor to see, to be honest, and see how much you probably go for in terms of price range. But it do does go on auction. You got more images here um of the guy that got featured before let's continue on and let's see some more video feature okay this is courtesy of their account themselves i think this is a video that i think i've got myself that i'm actually going to show you guys in a little bit here's some more pictures of it um this person's called Des desiree desire desiree i'm honored to get a portrait and being a part of this incredible and important project by mishka he created during the, because of a time where life seemed standing still so many of us a project for people to preserve a cup of culture okay cool this was obviously done during the pandemic okay that, that makes a lot of sense then um more pictures of the inside um this is a person called sasha i guess it's the person who was featured here on the on the on the picture with the mustache kind of looks similar to a bit like boris another person so all these pictures are going to be cool that's the thing about it he's created these images to be sold as nfts or as artworks but they're also going to live on in infamy because the people who have been featured are going to be using them forever which i would right i'd have them plastered everywhere if i had somebody kept his burger and taking my picture i'd have them everywhere too another person called candid you got their picture taken you've got the another guy we featured before he continues on anything more we got here nope 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 and then of course more images on the inside but then we're going to go to the video that i kind of ripped from their youtube that kind of speaks about it let's actually check the next berlin instagram page just in case there's anything that i missed there's 60 posts here anything about what happened on the evening not really just pictures people that are featured on there that's pretty cool you see everybody that's been featured on there has been listed down here right can we see that let's actually go through who they are and see what one so thrilled to see it's usually hidden so this is a person called joseph finberg so thrilled to see this usually hidden part of our lives being living a, a lasting trace thank you mishka next person here is a person called etons formidable uh very happy to be part of among the many faces i've spent a decent amount of sundays together with thank you mishka uh another one says so grateful to be part of the project again everyone's grateful grateful to be part i want to hear somebody make a really big long essay about why they're happy about being part of it because people that go Bergheim and love going to that sort of space love to really eulogize about that space and how it's changed their lives i want a big fucking paragraph we don't see it everyone's kind of being cool and too cute but yeah i want a really good soppy paragraph okay that's not loads of hashtags not, not a big soppy paragraph i want a soppy paragraph um okay it's not it's probably a good longer one nearly one year ago on my 50th birthday tom and i felt very humble to have been photographed by mishka for a series where he pictured regular guests from his second job as berghain bouncer the exhibition will be open this week for everyone who is interested really happy part of this okay that's really sweet um yeah so i, I like the range of people he's fucking featured to be fair I think that's one of the things I kind of hoped would happen as a resurgence. I think that's one thing that sort of like let most of our scenes down, especially in London. And I think Berlin, Berlin is basically getting to that sort of place where everybody that's kind of going out is within the same sort of age range in terms of like, you know, just trendy, cool people. I don't, I feel like the Berlin that I went to or that I first I'd going to in the mid 2000s, whatever, there was a lot more range. You'd go out in clubs and you see like people in their early 40s, 50s and shit, as well as teenagers. Nowadays, I feel like everybody's kind of the same age or at least acts the same age. So it kind of creates a word, weird, 
no, a weird atmosphere, sorry, on the dance floor. But I do like that this photo series actually does, you know, show us that kind of niceness on there. Oh, that's that DJ, right? That I like, I forgot his name. He's got an Instagram, the handle's got Instagram sucks, but yeah, his actual DJ name is Vincent Newman. So he's there. So big up Vincent Newman. Um, and yeah, many, many other people there features you can see really cool to see okay this is a good paragraph we got here this person's called um ivard right ivard um oh i like their tattoo is that a tattoo on their right on their right arm that's really cool it's like a brush stroke that goes from underneath their armpit all the way to to their wrist that's really fucking cool i'm not gonna lie hope it is a a, a tattoo that's a really cool style so anyway their caption says is it me um it is me through the lens of mishka who is not only a talented photographer, but also one of the persons my paths crossed so many times with on early Sunday mornings at the door at Berghain. One year ago, while being back in Berlin, I heard that his idea of exhibition and it resonated with me a lot. Visiting his studio again to know more about his background, talking about meaning of nightlife in a global context and understanding how important the fragile it was. It made me feel even more proud on how much we have. And that exhibition will be open this week to everyone who's interested. That's pretty cool. Um, I wonder if there's many people featured in this, in this exhibition who've been denied entry by him. Imagine him, you know, imagine, imagine he's close enough to you where he, you can be, you can be counted as a friend to visit his studio. But then on one random weekend, you go there, you catch him on a bad day and he doesn't let you in. <laughs> that will hurt. I'd rush. That's, that's why I don't like getting involved in the scene and being friends with people. I'd much rather just be denied as a, paying punter they know you and have you say no that that will hurt my soul like i would i couldn't recover from that my ego is just too fragile for that sort of shit i've got way too much pride um anyway we've seen all that stuff um let's quickly check out the video where some of them speak about it it's got some flipping um copyright music on it but so what who gives a crap let's play this and see what guan i think this is ben clock talking about it. i ripped this from there from their instagram so it should be fairly decent uh, let's play. His style of photography really leaves a lot of space for the characters to shine. Simplistic, but yet beautiful. His first set playing there changed his life. Me going there for the first time changed my life. It's just the beginning of a complete new era. That's why I wanted to capture the normal people. Because I, if, if this, as I see, normal becomes understandable to others, they will understand why we do feel this way, why, why it's so special to us, and, and why it's always a pleasure to reach out. Cheers to normal people. <laughs> Cheers to normal people. I think that's one thing they do do really well, though. Like, maybe it's because of the founders. Because it's a it's a bit of a faceless club and it's now changed i think it's changed ownership a couple of times i'm not too sure i think one person who's the founder left and original guys there maybe there's other people involved as well but it's still quite a faceless place the only real faces of the club are the djs and the door pickers or the bouncers at the front that's it um but for the most part it's very faceless and i also think the bouncers for the most part are very like press shy especially when it comes to Berghain. there's a long period of time where sven the most famous guy um, he was very resistant or hesitant to talk about 
Burkhan and his experience there and what he does like he speaks about it more often now but I feel like in the past he was very hesitant to talk about it he wanted to push his photography more and just his own artistic practice and who he is as a person and his life experiences way more than he wanted to talk about Burkhan he didn't really want to speak about it too much it was kind of like maybe it was a, it was not the coolest thing to do or maybe it just was something that he didn't want to speak about because he wanted to leave it to be a little bit was sacred and secret who knows but I feel like if that club was in any other place in the world like if Burkhan was in London the owners would be like booking themselves every single weekend we already have people who do parties now who book people just so they can throw them just so they can play themselves right they will be people now who have no business playing on the same lineup as you know people like dixon and stuff playing on these lineups because they booked them right they booked some of the biggest digits in the world to play they bring them over and they have themselves on the lineup in big font they even put themselves on there as like you know resident djs they just put them their actual names on there they give themselves a nice set sometimes they give themselves closing sets so they get their adoration so they they, they stand there for the adoration that the headliner gets and then they get to jump on the decks and play their own fucking top 50 beatport mix it's fucking crazy they'd be on fucking podcast talking about how they designed the club and how everything was intentional and about how amazing they are they would be sucking themselves off at ad nauseum right until they gagged until they puked on their own penis but in but those guys you have to give them credit for as you know for all the complaints you might have about berlin for the complaints you might have about Berghain, let's be honest this club was in any other place in the world anybody connected with that space would be waving you like a fucking flag now don't get me wrong i don't live in berlin so i don't know what's going on on the ground floor maybe there are some bartenders and some cloakroom guys and girls who really flaunt the fact that they work there but i feel like everybody that's worked there is very chill i remember even once talking to someone randomly drunk like really drunk and high when i was in while i was in there and basically trying to get information about how it is to work there and shit right but and then she was not she was not having it like she made it very clear that i was being annoying like she didn't want to speak about it, it wasn't like but you, you do that in a normal trendy bar here in london and they can't wait to tell you about how amazing they are to get it and how hard it is to get the job and the fact that they got it that means they're amazing they will let you know they will let you know and i feel like the fact that they don't and they kind of don't use it as a their identity or they just use it as a way to kind of signal boost what they already do is really cool or maybe in this way maybe mishka started he didn't even start as a photographer maybe he found it as he was kind of you know doing that job so that's a pretty good cool thing to see that people are kind of working there and branching off into different things or they're just not using the fucking thing the fact that they work there as a entire personality thing to kind of hang their hat on and i think that's really cool to see to be honest because i know in london if that happened it wouldn't be the same This is more of a look on the inside. Looks pretty cool, to be fair. The space is really amazing, to be fair. I'm not going to lie. It's like an underground bunker type of thing. Um, and the spiral staircase, the fact that it looks like it's inside, but it's outside. I actually love the space itself. It's a shame they won't be there when I'm there in October. But hey, what can you do? I, don't, I, I know this is tied into Berghain, but 
I have to be honest. I think when I do my exhibitions, I don't think I'm ever going to have a DJ playing. DJ obviously for the after party, but I don't feel I have a DJ playing at the exhibition itself. I think there's something always weird whenever it has, because it's something that happens a lot in London. Our private views, they'll have DJs in the corner playing during our private views. I never really understood the function of having a DJ at a private view. Can you just have a good soundtrack playing in the background or a good DJ mix playing in the background or a good playlist? to set the mood or just have no music and just have the music be at the after party um you could easily just roll in a flipping you know a, a rig with already a setup already there and get the audio all that stuff done within half an hour to an hour if you want a dj to kind of play at your after party but i don't think those sort of spaces really lend to having a dj i think it sort of disrupts the flow that there's somebody there performing i think you're already there to see the quote-unquote performance which is the pieces of art that are hung on the wall and engage with that with your fellow person that's there and just absorbing with your eyes and your ears and your touch your smell whatever all these sensory things that we have then also having somebody performing who's sort of vying for your attention it just takes away from the artwork on the wall it's just always been a little thing that i've not really liked and this is coming from somebody that's a you know obviously a dj i obviously loved raves obviously like going to festivals and shit myself so it's not like i'm not opposed to seeing that but it's just, I feel like in that sort of space, it's not needed. In the same sense that I don't think it's good to have DJs in restaurants. Like there's one called like, um, what's that thing called? Um, Meat Liquor. That's um, in obviously all across London. And they have a DJ like in a cage, like sort of like a old school, what's it called? The cause location, like in a sort of cage upstairs, the DJ playing as you're fucking eating your double cheeseburgers. I don't understand that. You can still have the same effect by having a playlist playing without having somebody above you vying for your attention singing and shit it's just odd it just puts you off a little bit um, i'm not really the biggest fan of it i think maybe my experience of going and playing at bars and cocktail bars and pubs as a dj to for 150 euros and shit which is really embarrassing but you know that's how you learn i remember going those kind of places and feeling instantly like no one wants me to be here so i'd kind of you know change my style of playing based on my environment but i remember thinking this is not really necessary you don't really need to have a dj in a bar that doesn't really call for having a dj you could just have a really good dance floor and maybe have somebody maybe you could, what you could do as in a pub or a bar is they could have a dj turn up at like 12 but no one's gonna do that because it's gonna you know there's no point paying a dj 100 dollars to pay for to 12 but i think maybe a dj that comes in from 12 when all the people that want to just have a pint and relax have gone and the ones who are staying from 12 want to, you know, get a little bit loose, get a little bit crazy. That might make more sense. But having a DJ in an art gallery, I think, really defeats the purpose of an art gallery or an art exhibition of any time, shape or form. Um, I even would go as far as say maybe just have no music. Um, but, you know, maybe that's a bit too far. But maybe having a soundtrack, a DJ mix, a good playlist might actually add to what's happening. Um but having a DJ there performing, especially a really famous one, like a Len Faki or Ben Clock, it's like, come on, brothers, that's a bit too much. But hey, what do I know? I wish the exhibition went on longer so I could see it myself. It's not. But if you did get to see it over there, then congratulations to you. And I can't wait to go back to Bergheim when I'm there again in October. Let's go. Um, anyway, moving on from that one, let's quickly rush on to covering some stuff regarding Skepta's debut at London Fashion Week for his brand called Mains, which he's basically restarting. It was around for a bit, then he kind of paused it. Now he's starting it again. And I want to see Wagwan because I've seen some pictures about, but I want to see from my own eyes what the dealio was because it could be an interesting one to analyze. So let's just have a little gander at Wagwan, what happened here, right? Let's go and look one and let's actually go through each individual look and see what happened 
at his exhibition because from what I saw initially, it was kind of giving Lacoste and I don't know if that's a good thing. So let's kind of go through. So first opening look was a white suit. I think that's a good way to start a collection. Nice palette cleanser. It's 42 looks. Fuck, okay. Um, nice palette cleanser. Nice way to kind of reset um, expectations because, you know, I'm sure being a black designer, looking at the way Skepta does, the same way when I play, when I DJ at places, people just immediately think I'm going to play Afro beats or I'm a piano and shit. So I purposely like to just play nothing but that anything but that sorry when i start or when i'm playing at all i just don't want to do you know what i mean i just want to give you just want to re, re, reset the room do you know what i mean and just be able to prove hey, hey i have a broad taste of music that i can play let's get going and i think this is a good way to start it so you don't feel i'm a fashion designer you don't feel i should be on this platform let me give you a white double-breasted tailored suit i get it cool nice glasses i love the way we're starting now then we go straight into a track suit so i like the duality between you know having a white tailored double breasted suit and then going straight into it with a track suit um what do we have here in terms of paneling we have the mains logo is pretty interesting right it looks it's like a bar and then the m on the inside i'm not really too sure if i like the font for the m but i do like the design of the bar itself depending on the tracksuit is decent but i feel like everybody in london kind of does this um and i'm also not sure if you need to have mains on the side once you got the logo you know there's something about double logo is there something about the logo and the name that i'm not really too sure about you know double like branding wise i'll prefer it if it's just one or the one or the other so if you're going to have mains on there have mains written on there but don't have mains and the logo and then you know the logo it just feels a bit odd but hey what do i know let's continue there let's get rid of this and let's go for the next looks here we've got a vest with some shorts i'm not really people actually i like the i like the the bag it's it's of course tennis inspired by the way just to kind of mention that i'm not sure if it's a tie-in with wimbledon i'm not sure where the correlation with skepta and tennis comes from because i've never heard him talk about tennis but that's the inspiration behind it um the inspiration is kind of it's like um it reminds me of musia prada where i remember re reading an uh, interview with her where she basically said that she her themes for her collections i don't know if she was trolling because she just likes to troll sometimes um her collections were like the themes for it were always stuff that she wasn't into um and she'll purposely try to explore it and then try and make something around that type of thing um so that's a maybe good thing these mesh shirt type of things are interesting because i remember seeing a clip of um skepta playing alongside peggy goo during um, new york fashion week and he was wearing a lot of these tops so i guess these are his designs um they're basically string vests that he's kind of done in his own style um they kind of got these panels again which kind of look like an m so i guess it's all an m on it because it's like an m shape symbol going on there and there's some shorts also there i'm not really too sure about this to be fair i'm not gonna lie i think the shorts are kind of shit um the mesh top is all right but again what's the pricing gonna be like i'm not really too sure but it just looks like a you know it kind of reminds me of that i've got the what the brand was there's this scandinavian lady who likes to make like track suits and like i forgot what her name is and she always shows you in london fashion week i forgot her name but it kind of reminds me of that sort of stuff this look is absolutely garbage this belongs nowhere near the fucking runway this is pretty, pretty horrendous. Um, it features a lady wearing, I guess, Beats by Dre headphones with the main branding on it, which is already kind of a little bit, I won't say cheap, but, you know, Beats by Dre, come on, on the, on the light. If you're going to put headphones on the, on the runway, go bespoke or make your own, right, just for the runway, but you don't put Beats by Dre headphones on it, I don't think. I think they're what they are. The trainer choices, I'm not sure if they're collabo or not. Then you've got some mains boxer briefs on as well. Again, not for me. I'm not fond of that in the slightest. <sighs> yeah, this is not looking good, bruv. There's a tracksuit here, a hoodie, 
on top of another hoodie with some track pants and the M. Yeah, I'm not too fond of that. The shoes look nice. I like the sneakers. Sneakers are nice. They look really cool. I'm not going to lie. Sneakers are really cool. Actually, are those TLs or they're not? They kind of look like TL. They kind of look like the, the, they've got the, the same, um, iridescent sort of like material on the top, like the Skepta collaborations from before. I'm not sure if they're, and they were, those were TLs, I think. I'm not sure if they're an Air Max or that is own model, but they look cool, but the clothes themselves don't look that great. Um, again, that same tracksuit, another color. I don't know if that's what you want to do in it. Tracksuits in the same style in a different color is in a runway. Okay. Oh, this ain't looking good, bruv. I'm not going to lie. I don't think it just belongs on the runway. That shirt is not Comme des Garçons, is it? I don't know, bro. This is not looking good, man. I'm a little bit disappointed already. Oof, this is fucking terrible, bro. Because think about the price range as well. There's this knit shirt that features somebody playing tennis with the mains logo on it. The price range is going to be crazy, right? Oh, this is already looking so bad, bro. It's like a like this is looking terrible. This tracksuit look on this model here isn't the greatest either. The same tracksuit. Is it the same tracksuit? Or the same tracksuit, different colorway? Okay, I'm not sure. That's a good sign. Uh, now, is that the same tracksuit again? I'm not sure showing gold. This suit pa this suit pattern's pretty decent, but this model makes it look quite cool, to be fair. They look cool in this, this outfit. Are those 720s? What are those shoes? I like those shoes. Those sneakers look fucking sick. This pattern looks really cool. Um, You know, or does it though? That's a little bit, a little bit H&M-y, isn't it? Little bit boohoo man. No? That could easily be fashion over boohoo man or something. Yeah, I'm not even too sure about that either, man. That doesn't even look like it's cut well. Yeah, I'm not too sure about that, brother. Okay, I'm not too sure about that. Um this is a nice look. I kinda like this, I'm not gonna lie. There's this um I'm not sure what materialing that is, but it's a striped um sweater combination with striped shorts also. I feel like that's a, that as a set is banging. I wouldn't wear it like this with the shirt and a and a tie. I'd probably wear it with the hat, but just wouldn't wear it with this. Probably wear it without a shirt underneath or maybe a vest um, and maybe swap out the shoes. But this is a decent look. That might be one of my favorites, actually. I'd actually wear that head to toe. Number 14. Number 15, you can go away. We've got a picture here. We've got a sh Oh, my God. This is so bad, bro. What is that featuring? Who is that as a mugshot? I'm not really sure. But this is horrendous, bro. Number 16. Yo. <sighs> I'm surprised this is this bad. Um, there's another kind of same sort of materialing, I'm guessing, on the one that I liked, but it's in now in green, and the model looks like she's swimming in it, and not in a good way. The hat's nice, though. Yeah, I don't get this. This looks really bad, man. Oh, yeah, the bag is all right, I guess. Jumper's not too great. There's Jamie rocking the garms running down the, the, the flipping... Um, catwalk he looks pretty cool oh he's got the i guess these are the new collaborations that are coming out right the timberlands and mains and matt and mains this looks pretty decent actually this is pretty decent nice i'm not gonna lie this is actually maybe one of the better pieces there this sort of like a um, varsity jacket style top that's been embroidered to show i guess american landmarks 
it looked like, right? I don't know what that building is. I think is that is that the building in um Superman? I forgot what that building looks like. I don't know what that one is, but there's a taxi thing in there as well. So or street signs. That's pretty cool. I think Jamie definitely stands out in that outfit, but he's a cool dude, so he's always gonna make stuff look well. ASAP Nas is wearing some two piece denim. Oh, this is a tough look, mate. I'm sure it's inspired by something cool, maybe a two pack picture, but I don't know if I can wear a a denim denim dungarees cut at the waist to look like a waistcoat with then matching jorts tough that's a tough look bro with like 17 pleats on it yeah i'm not uh, that yeah there's something i don't like about that mains font i'm gonna I'm not gonna lie there's something i don't like about that m the shape of it the, maybe it's a kerning there's something i don't like about that m um and yeah and, and i think maybe um what's his face i think maybe asap nas has got too much stuff on maybe this is all his own stuff but he's got too much stuff on to just takes away from the look itself but yeah i'm not really a fan of that and the slightest like yeah this is not looking good bruv i'm not gonna lie there's a there's some dungarees actually there's a look here number 24 actually what's the logo on there on the hat oh yes the m again i'm not liking a denim suit all right i guess vest top dungarees again this is a decent look but it looks a little bit too much like what clint would wear in it from cortese like it, this is definitely his style maybe he designs i'm not too sure but it's just not for me to be fair it's um yeah i'm not really too fond of that to be fair not not for me let's skip that one we've got a leather shirt and try again this is boohoo man bruv this is like this could easily be pretty little things men's like, look at this shit, bro. This is something someone from Love Island, maybe because it looks like a Love Island contestant. This is something that Love Island contestant could wear. It's not even leather. This is like silk, isn't it? Or is it too? No, it is leather. I think it is leather. It must be leather. Yo, this is trash. It's trash only for London Fashion Week. If this was coming out as its own solo thing, it would be fine. But I just think when you dis display stuff on those catwalk, it's got to be of a certain level. And it just isn't there. This is decent. The, the motorcycle jack oh man is it really though do they even line up does that line up with that m and that oh yeah 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 this motorcycle jacket is decent but not it that that you're, you're better off getting the model to put that motorcycle jack helmet on than holding it in their hands to be fair it might actually look harder um the trousers yeah i don't know bro this is not looking good, bruv. I'm sorry, Skepta, but I'm not a fan of this in the slightest. The same again. So we've got the same outfit again in two different colors. We've got Alton Mason here wearing, trying to make, he even he can't make this stuff look good. What happened to his dreads? Has he got extensions in? Am I missing out on like just having dreads by not getting extensions? Is that what he did? He got extensions done. But I've got too much pride um to have extensions and weave put into my hair to make it look like locks but he he must have done that in it because he's just got a throw now what happened to the braids he had he had playboy Carter braids now they're not there anymore he's got an umbrella here that looks like the type of umbrella you'd get free in a bentley or something yeah i don't know i'm not really too fond of this in the slightest i'm not gonna lie Ugh, some of this stuff is so so bad bro i'm flicking through it now the last couple of looks and it's not shining in the slightest i'm not going to lie Okay, that's a cool, that's a cute picture to end it with. Skepta running down the runway with his daughter. That's a cool picture to see, right? Because if anything, this collection shouldn't be judged like other fashion collections because I think 
as a story, as a legacy, for Skepta to come where he's come from, from grime to progress everything that he's done over the years, to now have a, another arm to his creative output or arsenal or whatever he does to be fashion is pretty cool. And maybe in the future, this could be something that he can hand down to his kids, have his kids work at or whatever. That's amazing to be able to kind of legitimately change the trajectory of your entire bloodline, you know, from the, you know, past the time that you've gone is flipping amazing. So he deserves all the credit for doing that. But as a collection, I don't know if this belongs in the runway. I'm not going to lie. I think this is... It's a tough one to have this on the runway. I'm not going to ask a tough one. Let's see what the reviewer said here. Courtesy of um, Ellie Pfeiffer's. It looks, it, looks, it looks like any other streetwear brand you'd see on Hypebeast, but you're not going to put a Hypebeast fashion brand on the runway, are you? If you try to put flipping, um, I don't know, I don't know, what, Half Evil or those kind of brands on the runway, it would look just as bad. You know, it's not just him. So um, the, it says here, courtesy of a writer called Ellie Pfeiffer's or Pithers, or Pithers, I don't even pronounce his surname, I apologise. It says, Skepta confessed he hadn't eaten in more than a day at a preview of his main collection in Soho Studios. It was little over 24 hours before the artist presented his debut in the Fashion Week show in the Art Deco confines of London's banking house, and he was feeling nervous. I'm feeling off, I'm feeling, feeding off butterflies, he said, stretching out on the beach, surround, sorry, on a bench surrounded by samples, while his head of design, Mikey Pierce, added a rivet to a pair of leather shorts in one corner, and siblings Oscar and Emilia Boteng um, tried on looks impromptu of casting in the other. I don't know who Who's, who's, who's Mikey Pierce? Why does that name sound familiar? Who is Mikey Pierce? Let's Google that. Um, who is Mikey Pierce? Let's see if well, something comes up. Uh, who is that? Mikey Pierce, social media, social sensation. Is that what I'm thinking of? I don't think that's the person that does it. Let's see if it's Mikey Pierce. Let's do fashion. Let's see what happens when we type that in. Mikey Pierce. We've got another Mikey Pierce here, head of designer Skepta. Let's see who this guy is because uh, he, sounds, he sounds like somebody that I would know, but let's see what I'll go on. These guys that have these, uh, that have these, uh, these type of names that people pronounce him for, they usually are people that people usually know, right? These James Smith, so yeah, you know, some people that I know, we have some friends in common, but I don't know who this young man is. So, uh, I guess we have this guy to somewhat blame for what we saw on that runway, but big up him anyway. He looks like a young man. So well done for going out there and getting your ting, my guy. But from what I've seen on that runway, not too sure how long that line is going to last debuting at London Fashion Week. It's maybe a cool story to have out there, but oh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, hey, 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 let's go ahead, let's get to that thing. Big up Mikey Pierce. So, um, there's a lot riding on the reboot of Mains from the British Grime Star in currently enjoying a new side hustle as a house DJ in IB for So, somebody I didn't mention also. So, he just came back from doing an incredible run of parties for his um label called Mass Tiempo that he does with um Jammer, and that looks fucking awesome. I just love the fact that we're seeing people like Jammer and Skepta and people that look like that on the stage, um, playing deep house to a crowd of mostly white kids sniffing care and coke. It's good to see. I want more of that because that's actual change representation on the industry because amongst that crowd of white people doing care and coke there are some black guys in there i've been to some of these events they go there they have them fun they enjoy it like some of the events we used to go to to watch the flipping innovision perform there'd be this group of guys that we used to bump into from time to time who were all black and stuff and they loved the music they were there for the vibes they weren't there to hook up they weren't there to fight they weren't there to sell drugs they were literally there for the music only so there's clearly a big community of those people but for some reason they don't get seen on the flipping 
on the on the on the stage right they're not behind the dj booth. i never understood why that is the case um it even goes the same with women you have all these girls at these events right wearing all these amazing outfits looking all cute and stuff getting themselves glammed up to go out but you don't see none of those girls playing is it because they don't want to play is it because they're not given space i don't know either way i love to see these guys doing their things continuing these included so DJ and Abifa, though he insists he's already achieved his goals for the label, these included securing a magazine cover. He wore mains on the cover of ES magazine, the style supplement of London Evening Standard, nailing a cult product. He claims the Capsi designs, which will go on sale exclusive at Dove Street Market on Sunday, have prompted numerous inquiries since they debuted. Okay, cool. So those 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 M hats are going to be a new thing. They might end up being our version of a New York Yankee hat. I've still got one in my head that I haven't put out yet as a version. Hopefully we'll compete. Yeah. Me and Skepta will go, we'll go machine for machine when it comes to having the London it hat of the season. All right. <laughs> a concocting, sorry, a concoction, a concocting. That's what it says, right? A concocting an iconic, oh, sorry, con- and concocting an iconic campaign photograph. They shot in campaign in New York last week and he's pretty sure that he nailed it too. Um, a quick recap. Skepta founded May to 2017 with support of his major sportswear brand. When the relationship ended, he's spent a year or so wrestling back soil control then negotiate a new deal with Puma. The German sports brand is providing production. This is, oh, no wonder it looks so shit. No wonder, man. Is that why we, what we see is what we see. That's why they did this whole forced tennis thing, right? Because why is he doing tennis? And let's continue. Um, they negotiate a new deal with Puma. The German sportswear brand is providing production assistance and he's collaborated with them on the sneaker. Okay, that's fine then. You know what? get your money get them to do that thing that shoe looks fucking cool to be fair it looks a lot like a nike but still it looks really cool so that's a good way to go about things but the embroidery comes from his own deft hand he whipped out a sample of the m on the mains logo traced in beads and rhinestones this one this took me like two days for me creativity is attention to detail patience and library digging i don't restrict my talent to one thing besides he used to make his own clothes when he was a kid yeah that's really cool to see to be honest they're all entrepreneurial that entire family is a family full of flipping hustlers the Adenuga, so big up their entire bloodline. We continue. The collection was inspired by Skeptors, wants to wear now spliced with some Miami references, influenced by a recent trip. He describes his style as hood luxury. He explained, No matter how nice I think I am, I walk into a room and people look at me and they're like, You're a guy from the streets. Doesn't matter what I do. Uh, so I like to elevate a tracksuit with a nice shirt and a tie. That's true. That, that, that goes back to my um, name for my blog, Default Goon. That's kind of how I always felt when I was first posting my pictures of my fits on forums and stuff there were people making always making comments about my fucking race or where i'm from or whatever how i spoke it was just nonsense you know what i mean i'm wearing the same brands you're wearing i'm usually wearing them in the same way you're wearing them in but the one thing you want to mention is what i you know the race i happen to be or where i happen to kind of come from because of what i speak about and shit which is really ridiculous because i don't feel like i sound or look like i'm from the streets at all but i guess when you're not from it everyone that kind of looks like they could be you get scared <laughs> so it continues other things he's feeling right now 90 street leather pants like so 90 style leather pants baggy embroidered in dingo <laughs> what am i saying stuff like that indigo indigo denim dungarees school uniform styled sweatshirts shorts with with um bouchel woo bouchelly or is how you pronounce that bouchel wool suits with a sportswear attitude yeah, what I saw on that runway didn't look good. I'm not going to lie. I don't care what the references are. It just didn't look good. The denim and leather looks um, chime, chime best with the audience. See, all of that, to, this is the thing about these reviews. Isn't it? They don't really say what they mean because all of this was a bit of fluff and PR. And then the actual opinion piece is the last paragraph, which also doesn't say much. 
the denim and leather looks chime best with the audience. But what do you think? Anyway, the Benjamin audience at the show held a, held on a giant astro tennis astro. Oh, say it again. The denim and leather looks chime best with the audience at his show. Held on against. Why am I keep saying against? The denim and leather looks chimed best with the audience at his show, held on a giant Astro turf tennis court in the middle of Banking Hall. His friends were out in force to support. His former girlfriend, Naomi Campbell, sat front row, just down from Givenchy creative director Matthew Williams, designer Oswald Boateng, musician Stormzy, Little Sims, and broadcaster Louis Farouk. But the best ensemble had to go to Alton Mason on the runway, showing off his Naomi-inspired strut with a slouchy suit in Puma sneakers, a metal... tipped umbrella clutched dramatically on his chest the mains team would do well to lean further into the jazzy vibe next season still a skepta wisely put it this show was more of a mood setter we're just trying to get a great brand we're just trying to make a great brand so that if people say the word mains it's a nice feeling don't want to run too fast okay that's fair maybe he doesn't want to run too fast but what i've seen so far i don't really think this could have easily been streamlined. You don't need to have two of the same tracksuits in the same color, different color. You probably don't need to have two of the same towel shirts in long sleeve or short sleeve. You probably don't need to have all that in one look. I don't really know with the hoodies and shit. And maybe just, you know, a little bit more quality, a little bit more attention to detail in terms of what you select to put on a runway. Because I feel like there's a lot of filler here, a lot of fluff and just stuff that shouldn't be on a runway. It's not elevated enough to really demand being on there. Like the levels of detail that went into this and the work that went into making this look number 21 that features JME. And then you compare it to a look next to it, number 20. It's just night and day. Do you know what I mean? So I just think if you're going to elevate, you're going to go there. You should go there, go there and maybe just have 12 to you know 21 good looks instead of having you know i don't know this is come on bro like 28 29 and 30 like come on really come on really like a lot of these looks aren't that great um the last look especially is garbaggio like absolutely garbaggio with the wing like i don't know what that's all about and yeah um maybe it's a puma thing maybe going forward it might change i don't mean to know but again congrats to him for being getting that deal done whatever sorry for bumping the mic but the collection didn't look the greatest to me to be honest a little bit underwhelming considering everything that went on and um yeah the having the beats headphones down the runway is a bit ugh, not for me but hey you know what do i know when it comes to these things what do i know when it comes to these things then i want to mention this quickly it's regarding this really crazy kind of backlash that's been happening with Mawa Loa, um, Mawa Lola, sorry, where she's been facing a lot of controversy and scrutiny from people from Saudi Arabia because she used the flag in her recent show here during London Fashion Week, which people have been going absolutely crazy about. People are not liking the fact that she used the Saudi Arabian flag on a miniskirt on the runway, which is a pretty, if you look at it just from a reference and, um, you know and a fashion point of view it's a pretty clever way to do the flag right to put it on a miniskirt you know a, a flag like saudi arabia considering you know their way of life and how they go about things over there that kind of juxtaposition is pretty cool to see but of course um it wasn't received well by people over there or by people um from the islamic faith and shit and what i didn't know was that the flag isn't meant to be used on clothing or any shape or shape or form because it features some um holy words or scriptures on there i didn't know that was a thing i'm not gonna lie so um when people were getting outraged and i had to do my readings and find out but then i guess what people were annoyed about was the fact that uh, maulola decided to double down on it and kind of do a bit of a kanye 
And I think people kind of did the correlation because Kanye and Bianca Sensori, his wife, were on the front row and they're obviously very close. And she obviously was the former design director of the Yeezy Gat thing because before that kind of fell by the wayside. But um, she was trying to lean into it and use it as a kind of point to kind of launch off her brand and get some clicks and engagement online. But I guess the pressure was just too much and Saudi Arabian Twitter just ate her up. Like I remember reading her initial kind of like Crimea River response on social media that's what she said she posted the picture people were like arguing about a picture online and then she was like oh it's how can a how can a mini skirt be an act of war and then she was like cry me a river and that cry me a river thing just pissed people off and the amount of um comments i saw underneath her tweet or a kind of post that were written in arabic were crazy and i bet they were going off i didn't translate any of them i just kind of just scrolled by all these uh tweets in arabic and i was like rah she's getting it so i think the pressure was just too much and she could handle it so that's the only disappointing thing about it. i think if you're going to troll if you're going to use these things to kind of propel your brand you got to stand on it you got to say it with your full fucking chest you got to really just stand in your shit like like what yay would do and just kind of be like no i'm, I'm not saying sorry no apologies done and just kind of double down on your thing whatever the circumstances may be but if you're a smaller designer like maulolo is you really can't afford these sort of things right these are the these are the luxuries only really afforded to people like kanye who is a genius in his sort of fields of expertise is a world famous person in general he's going to be afforded some you know he's going to be afforded some some of these sort of things but even him we even saw he even has a ceiling he thought he could get away with saying whatever he wanted to adidas and they even told him to skedazzle so there's always a ceiling with these type of things but if you're going to do it for marketing sakes for engagement sakes for virality sakes stand in your shit don't pussy out of it um when the people that you you knew you were going to offend get offended you know that's the thing that i don't really understand but hey let's read the article give more background on it Cuts to a fashionista. It says, um, Mawa Lola, designer of the, the eponymous ready to wear label Mawa Lola presented the brand spring 2020 collection in London Fashion Week. The 28 year old sent several mini skirts and designs of international flags printed on them down the runway, including those of Japan and United Kingdom and one in question of Saudi Arabia. Um, that what makes the latter stand out is that Saudi Arabian flag has an Islamic, um, shahada written across it, a sacred text of the Muslim faith, which is translates to English as there is no god but god muhammad the messenger of god because of the phrase the flags are considered holy making printing the flag onto clothing a blasphemous act so it doesn't even matter that it was a leather skirt that it was a fucking mini skirt it matters mostly that it was printed on clothing don't do that and of course if it's a mini skirt no and of course if it's on a whitey of course no right <laughs> um immediately following the maulola presentation observers took to the designs instagram page mass commenting emojis of the flag and asking um maulola to respect the text and apologize for the designs the designer then took to x previously known as twitter to seriously mock the comments posting crimea river a mini skirt being an act of war in 2023 is dystopian those posts have since been deleted okay cool i need to see this um instagram post of hers where she posted because i didn't know she posted on instagram i just saw the comments and the and the fucking hullabaloo on whatchamacallit on um on uh twitter let's see what she on x let's see what she said on there i'm eager to see what she saw on there what's she say what did Marilola say on her own Instagram? I guess it's gone now, but I want to see what the updates are saying because people love to just, when someone, when somebody they don't like says something they don't like, they usually comment on another post kind of, you know, getting at them like, Hey, you better slow my thing. So let's see what she said here. Let's see what they said. Um, let's continue here. Bear with me a second. I'll try and get, it. okay, cool. There's no post on you that shows anything from the collection. 
oh she's smart she took it off okay cool let's see if anyone says on the recent post so there's no post here from the actual collection but let's see what they said here oh there's 1000 comments on here or is that mistaken yeah okay cool so definitely gonna say something here there's a thousand comments on this post they can't be just you do a great job you're a great designer no way let's see what they say here okay see there's the there's a flag there's a side flag the post is thank you to my team no this the post is dreams come true got to watch my show for the first time yay and bianca you're my angels thank you to my teammates of the world my family i love you always um showing up for me you raise me to be fearless thank you london yeah but you shouldn't again if you're gonna if you're gonna troll you're gonna be whatever just don't say sorry in it stand in your shit um it, it was a little bit people went a bit ott with like how they went at her don't get me wrong she probably could have approached it better and apologized sooner but if you actually did it on purpose which i think she did she's a smart girl she designs she, her references are pretty on point especially when it comes to logo designing and all that sort of stuff she, she, she knows what she's doing if that's the case it's just standing your shit in it? it's not it's not that big of a deal people would have forgot about it in a week anyway but hey it continues um the responses here what is this face of a notebook or we are what is this a face or a notebook i don't know what that means we love you says betsy johnson more flags is there a way to watch it online so sad i missed it love you say no more one thousand comments is crazy bro we will not allow the saudi flag and the world um monotheism to be insulted uh keep breaking the internet ma someone's sucking a dick um let's see anybody else on here let's continue we've got vomits vomit emojis loads of Saudi arabian emojis here uh having the ability to put together a nigerian london okay that's a sucking off as well momo the Saudi arabian emojis are pretty plentiful but a lot of our fans are showing out so well, well done to the fans actually and the friends and supports are actually flooding the comments too they're not just letting the 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 people who don't like us say stuff let's continue more see if there's anything more on here nope nope more hearts more love Malola putting nigeria on the on the map uh let's continue here love goat emojis heart emojis okay it says a thousand but they're not all hate they're mostly a lot of love here okay that's good that's good to see i'm not gonna lie it's good to see all the love here mostly mostly love where can i work okay cool let's go to the one that said three thousand this one Fifty-three thousand. Oh my god Fifty-three thousand comments as a Saudi, I find this really ignorant and offensive. This person says the first one here. So big up you, stay seven. Um, she thinks she did something there. Provocation is awesome, but it has to have tasteful limits. I don't know if I agree with that one. There's like taste is, taste is subjective, isn't it? Really, if you think about it, it really is, especially when it comes to provocation. It's really subjective. And the whole point of provocation is to get you provoked. So if you provoked, you, she won essentially anyway continues is this case cultural um in this case cultural and religious um ideas are finite you're better off provoking elsewhere there's no excuse of being an idiot or uneducated in 2023 either dystopia is largely a very deep state of misinformation vanity and crime and even there you won't survive with your intellect lastly your collection sucks big time gal wow okay what the fuck how you dare to insult our country in a way that is not acceptable remove the saudi flag from our designs um saudi flag with an arabic what's his arabic um word say uh sorry something say sorry i guess another one we in the gulf do not accept placing the saudi flag anywhere please respect everybody and apologize particularly to saudi arabia the arabian gulf and the arabian people you will not be becoming a successful designer if you insult the saudi flag a successful person does not climb on the people's shoulders to insult them 
for how many Saudi dollars in the crown of your head? Okay. Do not put the Saudi flag in your designs because it contains the word Islam and it is sacred. Um, we do not allow you to insult the Saudi flag and it's scum. The Saudi flag is a red line. You need to do an extensive research before you use our cultural references for your collections. Another one, do not use the Saudi flag in your bad, ugly designs. There is respect, kingdom of Saudi Arabia. So what they're saying, if, if she designed better, then they would accept it or they just, it's just another insult to add to it. Like another kick while you're down. Um, the name of Allah. This is the name of Allah. The kingdom of Saudi is a red line. You played with fire. Stop now. Oof. I don't know. I'd be scared. I'm not going to lie. Moa Lola is a way more, you know, tougher person than I am because I would have removed that ASAP. I would have written a fucking notes apology app in, you know, in the same time that it was just happening. So anyway, that happened. Let's continue back to the article. Um, as pleased to apologize, this online, uh, Moa Lola took to X to once more apologize, which I've got the apology here. She officially decided to apologize and she said as follows. One of the key inspirations for spring summer 2024 was to use the national flags of different countries. After the show, I found out that one of these flags, Saudi Arabia, features the sacred words and its use has caused great offense. Now that I've been educated on this topic, I sincerely apologize. She doesn't, she's not sorry at all. This comes from a PR person. She didn't write this. For this, I'll ensure this design is removed from the collection. I deeply regret any hurt feelings or offense my oversight may have caused. Thank you for your holding me accountable. I appreciate your understanding as I learn from this experience. Ah, PR all the way. But anyway, you got to respect it. You got to do what you got to do to keep the lights on. Anyway, apology not accepted. Did they not teach you that art and design? The first step in this is to study design and know its meaning, no? Ooh. Up your nose. Wow. Some, someone quoted the tweet that she said, Crimea River. What was your point of this? You don't know her life or her context of what she was referring to. It's nice that you wanted to be inclusive, but it's imperative that you thoroughly research what's been put into the collection. I don't know why people are assuming she doesn't know what she did. She clearly did know what she was doing. This girl is a smart cookie. Like, you don't get as far as she has gotten in the industry doing what she's doing without being smart. She's definitely clued up. Look at her designs. Look at her references. She knows what she's doing. The whole point of it was to provoke. She just didn't know it would go probably this far. Or maybe she did, but, you know, she kind of caved because you have to cave. Um, But I guess it's not. I was honestly really enjoying your collection until I stumbled upon... Until... What's it say? Until I stumbled upon... Uh, but just so I just stumbled upon that piece. But your initial reaction, being Crimea River to thousands of your of your consumer demographic being upset, was extremely childish and downright bigoted. As a black woman, I truly expected more from you. I hope this is a learning experience that your art doesn't have to be offensive to make a statement. Mm, but that's the thing, though, isn't it? When you're a smaller brand, you need all the help you can get to kind of get yourself out there, man. These brands are not surviving on their work alone. So, unfortunately, she's going to have to play these games more often than not to kind of get going. And I'm sure this is probably the biggest buzz she's had probably since the Yay connections and shit. So, unfortunately, it does work. Um, the replies in here are wild, Crimea River. I don't know if they work so in terms of sales, though. That's what I've always wondered. Yes, you're viral. Yes, people are talking about you, but does it actually translate in sales? That's probably the other thing to kind of put out there. Crimea River, loads of, you know, Arabic um, tweets here, Saudi Arabian flags, PR didn't work fast enough, Bookie. Um, the damage is done. What's Bookie? Is that, is that like a racial slur? They're calling it a Bookie. I don't know. Um, this is all we wanted and we understand that you do not know the teachings of our religions and the importance of that, but it must be always to, but it must always be defended in front of everyone to avoid this happening again. Thank you. Too late. Sorry, not accepted. Cry more. Oof jesus okay cool 
So they're not happy, as you can see. They people are not happy in the slightest. And then we continue here. There's um, her basically saying on her flipping tweet here, somebody posted the quote of her saying, Crimey River and said, this was your first reaction to it. So this was incredibly performative and insincere. You're only sorry now because of the backlash is, because um, your backlash, because you got the backlash you deserved, this person says. And she replies and quotes and says, apologizing doesn't take anything from me forgiveness is the is the greatest superpower but what would you rather i should hang myself is that what's more deserving you know what's funny though that's what they want in cancer culture that's actually what people want but they're too afraid to say it when someone does something they, they don't like they actually do want you to die that's actually the truth of it they want you to d-i-e they want you to, they want you to d-e-a-d they want you comatose r-i-p you know airbrush t-shirts your mama crying that's what they want go fund me's like they want that they actually want you dead. Um, they don't actually want remorse. They don't. They don't actually want um, uh, forgiveness or repentance or you know for you to do better. No. Um, and I think in this case they've got a reason because you know you did double down and triple down, so you can't expect these guys to give you grace when you didn't give them grace, right? You can't really expect that. But I do think the uh, the underlying part about social media or like cancer culture in general is that that really sinister foundation of people just wanting you to die when you do something they don't like um and i think her not understanding it and also trying to be a provocateur on asian of chaos is something that's a bit odd and i think that's the kind that come from the Kanye the kanye school of provocation in it that's something i'd always never understood from him you can't get annoyed about people being annoyed about your white lives matter t-shirt even if it's true expression to you you should also understand that people are going to be agitated by it but you should not care because it's your truest form of expression but i remember him being annoyed that people were annoyed that he put a white lives matter shirt down a runway it's like bro what do you expect you know what i mean you know it's going to cause unrest don't now complain that people are feeling unrest just let it live just you know keep it strong and keep it moving Anyway, more people saying Crimey River. She's saying great song. Tap in. She got a good ratio there. So big up her. Girls talking to these nobodies. Stop talking to, okay, calling that person nobody. I, it's Crimey River. Just apologize and thanks. There are other ways to apologize. You must learn from your mistakes before you reach your goal, even with the protection of the country in which you live. Ugh. It's a bit sinister, isn't it? What do you mean there? What do you mean there, bro? Like, <laughs> what? You must learn from the mistakes before you reach your goal, even with the protection of your country in which you live. The Saudi flag is sacred. It contains the word, there is no God but God and Muhammad is the messenger of God. I see your return to Nigeria as the best solution because your designs are also bad. Yo, there's, there's veiled threats, racism. Like, what one here? <laughs> what they're calling a monkeys in the comments and shit because this is, this is giving... This is giving like monkey. It's giving monkey, isn't it? It's giving you people. What's going on here? And then you go liking stuff like this. What's she liking? I went private and put um, your flag is on my pussy in my bio. And that's where I'll leave that. Like you want to call me garbage. Well, I'll meet you there. Oh, because of the, oh, I get it. I understand. They're saying the hypocrisy of all this because of their country's very um, uh, questionable human rights and, you know, the way they treat people from the LGBTQ community. Oh, I understand where this is coming from. So that's the counter narrative that exists out there. Why should we respect your flag when you, you as a nation don't respect the people that we care about the most? 
or even maybe black people maybe there's a whole conversation around slavery over there and most of the maids and the people are from you know third world countries i don't know maybe there's a whole conversation around that i get i i guess but two things can be right you can be agitated and aggravated that she's using the flag that way and they can also have a reason to feel um vindicated to use it because there's a lot of questionable human rights violations over there as well maybe but i see where they're coming from okay okay i I see what's going on here um again it's just a lack of being able to articulate your point in it that's the thing again this is another kanye thing like you know he does the provocation he gets annoyed with people are annoyed by his provocation and then he also isn't a really good communicator in terms of hey this is why i did this thing you don't need to explain your art but if you do want to if you do want to have a certain position in certain things you probably should explain why your position is that in it but hey what do i know um if you don't realize hanging stuff oh oh, hold, 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 hold on if you don't realize hanging yourself is exactly what they want your mumu and that is exactly why you should not have apologized they will use your apology as an apparent, as a permanent admission of guilt. And as far as they're concerned, the guilty should be killed. Well, yeah, that's what cancer culture is, to be fair. Um, not going to lie. Um, but again, if you didn't mean it, then I guess apologize. But cancer culture basically is that. Um, that would be great. Do it, girl. Uh, that's why a lot of people. Oh, that would be great as in kill yourself. Ooh, okay. Um, that's why a lot of people say don't apologize. If you don't do it, these people will hate you. But if you do it, they'll still hate you won't forgive you and bring back this conservative this controversy every couple of months no not really to be honest no not really i don't think it's that deep um be honest could okay these only fans girls man um are you really only fans Uh, another one says just because you apologize doesn't mean that you'll be forgiven apologies because you're actually sorry not because you want people to applaud you so that happened you obviously seen all that stuff not going to read everything there then we got a post here that i saw that kind of educated me on the whole thing from this user called vanity x vault on twitter they said my lot of springs 2024 features a miniskirt with saudi flag on it for those who don't know the arabic calligraphy is that is of a saudi flag happens to be a muslim professional faith to her sahada and as well as two quranic verses I can't help but wonder if the design team knew. Of course they knew. Let's not let's not insult her intelligence. They knew. She's a smart girl. Let's just let's be fair here. I don't think anybody should be sending the designer hate. Rather explain why this is highly offensive to Muslims. I think they did. That's why they hate her even more. They tried to explain it to her in a nice way, and she said, Cry me a river. <laughs> which is a hard reply but you get why they're outraged um it can be hard to know what is offensive to people when dealing with um foreign cultures but what's important is that we educate ourselves and do our bet and do our better or do better in the future this isn't the first time it happens in fashion at chanel springs 2024 as chanel sorry 1994 carl showed multiple looks using a quranic verses that upset the muslim community at the time he later admitted that he thought that verses were a poem (laughs) And of course Carl Lagerford thought the verses in the Quran were poems fucking hell Carl R.I.P. is a legend but god almighty anyway the dresses from Chanel definitely look if you're offended by verses in the Quran being used on pieces of clothing these look way more offensive than the miniskirt because of how big they're placed on and because they're on the whitest of whitest of people do you know what I mean it's just it's basically a look wish she removed this from the collection and apologize says another person yeah, so the comments were eating her up. I won't be surprised if they knew these brands have been away, especially with controversial shit and edginess. Another one says, I low-key feel like they ought, they would know this is a serious problem. And if they don't know it, it's just do a serious problem. I don't think the designers care, trying to shock. My my feeling is that she knows this and wants to make a noise. Yeah, 
definitely. But hey, it backfired, I guess, because you didn't have to apologize. I think if you don't really care, then you shouldn't apologize, really and truly. You should sit in it. But I think as a smaller designer, considering how far she has to go in her career still, not applying to something like this is probably career suicide. Do you know what I mean? It could have some ramifications that you're not probably aware of going down the line. So I can understand how she's like, you know what? Let's just knock, knock it on the head. No more of this. Let's just go another way, please. Because the last thing that she needs is some, you know, is some more flipping nonsense when she hasn't even started her flipping career just yet. It doesn't make any sense in that regard. So I definitely understand why she was like, you know what? Let's just leave this. I'm sorry. Here's your apology. Let's keep it going. Anyway, to make matters more interesting, there was an interesting little back and forth that I saw online regarding, uh, where is it? Where can I find it? Yeah, regarding the Bistroy designer, uh, Brick Owens, or one of the people involved with Bistroy. And they decided to put together, or I think somebody decided to put together, no, they did actually. What I'm talking about, they did. They put together a post that basically highlighted that Maulala not only may have insulted, um, you know, people from South Saudi Arabia and their flag and people of the Islamic faith she also may have insulted or copied actually from Bistro's for you know past collections um one they specifically made in 2018 or something right it's fucking crazy this is courtesy of Grounded um stay grounded on their Instagram or sorry their Twitter page where they pull some of these from the Instagram story so big up them for putting it out there and this is pretty crazy way to kind of end the whole story of Maulola where you're not only insulting a whole nation also your further your your fellow designers are calling you out so they posted the following they posted this they posted um this picture featuring a design from theirs which features a double hoodie with two models walking down a runway and it says brick owens we're all fans of each other aren't we and it shows a exact copy of what maulola did it actually also features a is it a hoodie no it's a track jacket or oh, is it a hoodie it might be a hoodie actually it's a hoodie too it's a zip hoodie that features the maulola logo that's been flipped from an umbrella logo, which is quite cool to me if i'm not gonna lie her ability to flip, flip logos is very, very underrated. She she would be a really good streetwear designer. So she flipped the Umbro logo to make it look like a Mawa Lola logo. It looks really cool. And it's the same sort of style of having um, the two hoodies or two jackets connected to each other with two models walking down the runway together, right? And then if you just here on the side, you see a in Instagram message that I guess is from her to them. And she says, what you're doing is kind of lame, but do you? which I don't, you know what I mean? You kind of have to understand why people are saying this, what they're saying, like, because it obviously does look very similar and the references are what they are. Um, you can't get annoyed by that, I don't feel like, or you should just ignore it. You shouldn't be out here sending people with the impression of your fellow designers. It's a bit strange, really, to be completely honest. Um, it continues... It features the, you know, the, the picture of when it was actually happened to show 2018. It features, um, another screenshot taken from the Met Museum in 2021 that features an image of that hoodie in the exhibition of the Met Museum. I think that was like a streetwear menswear exhibition where they had all these iconic pieces, um, from different designers over the years featured in a museum exhibition. That was pretty cool. Hopefully they put a, bring a book out about it. And then it also features a hoodie um that the guy brick owens one of the people involved in bistro is wearing which is a maulola hoodie and it says here for those that don't know the hoodie i'm wearing is by a maulola which i spent my hard-earned money on i'm supporting not beefing so again it's a bit of a troll because he called them out for copying designs and he's also buying her own designs but yeah there we go we got him wearing a hoodie that says am i a maulola fan our moa fan sorry and um he's also calling them out for their designs i think these designs copy things are always interesting to me because as a 
creative myself i just don't understand why you'd want to copy something like this when it's such an iconic piece associated with such an iconic brand bistro have always done these really clever flips on sleeve lengths and trouser lengths and hoodie sizes and pocket sizes and they've always kind of played with proportions right skewed things right into the absurd it's kind of what they kind of do so and this obviously is very iconic we will remember the show i think it's also the same show where they had the jeans you know that were kind of connected you know at the bottom as well so i wouldn't say when you can copy that sort of stuff but then i also think as a creative you should give yourself more credit for trying to make fresh new things not just copying it's just too easy to copy or if you're going to copy flip it in a really clever way like make it your own but doing it like this is just you know they're both hoodies essentially right they're both done in hoodies um because if you look if you think about it there is a scene in the there's a scene in the in a victoria monet music video where she where it's a really cool scene where they're kind of passing a jacket down the line or something and they're all putting the sleeves around it and spinning there's a way you could kind of do that whole you know one jacket four sleeves type of thing and have the models come in and i don't know it's something you could do to make it interesting as opposed to just doing the same type of style of garment down the runway with the double hoods with the four sleeves it's just you know what i mean it's just a bit or maybe no so this is four sleeves. this looks like it's connected in the middle right so it's not four this is just like a, a hoodie with um two hoods on it and one big pouch on the front which actually looks pretty cool um compared to maybe the one here that has uh, a jacket that's connected but it's also got two different sleeves on the inside but yeah maybe it's a way to do it properly but i'm just always surprised why people just copy these sort of things they're so iconic and also i just think as a creative you should challenge yourself to try and make new fresh things it should always not be run to run to copying when you don't have any ideas maybe jump off the internet watch some documentaries listen to some music and get some fresh ideas so just copying straight away that's always a cop-out in my personal opinion but hey what do i know and what an interesting way to end that whole Mawalola thing right you get called out by a nation and now people your fellow designers are also calling you out so let's see how that kind of goes but the collection overall was pretty sick that's a that's a funny thing again it's taken away from what she's done i think that was one of her better ones to be fair and it's also showing a bit of consistency because we now we've seen two or three good ones from Mawalola going forward so that's the really sad part about it the collection was one of her best um you know we had a kanye west flipping um song debuting on a runway and um, we had a really stacked flip host of models right we had a arena shake you know fucking opening the looks there we had loads of people you know that we associate with london over there too unreleased kanye playing as a soundtrack yay and bianca in the front row all these other stars over there like banging show and then the only thing people are talking about is one skirt and obviously now the controversy around her copying the fucking double hoodie thing that's a real shame that's the only problem about it really to be fair but i thought the show was pretty sick to be fair i'm not gonna lie she's really talented um and it's only getting better and better every season she's kind of like occupying our like shane oliver sort of like space in london which i don't think is fair on her because i think she's got her own visions and i but it's still really cool to see like she's got the cool kids in the palm of her hands she's got the fashion people in the palm of her hands um she's still unapologetically black which i like um it's not like you know you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Um, she's also not trying to give us fucking lessons in history like other designers when they go down the fucking runway, you know? Like those Wales bonnets and stuff. You know what I mean? You have to go in there with a PhD to understand that shit. And it's just, what, pinstripe tailoring some fucking, what, some, some fucking, you know, some backless shoes and shit. It's like, all right, cool, whatever. You make some good Adidas, it's a bit chill. Um, but yeah, I love the stuff. No, 
this is looks looks look number fucking thirty seven in the dance. It's gonna look fucking wild. Um, and yeah, some of the looks were really decent. Like this this shirt, I think it's taken from a Carl Lagerfeld flip. If I'm not mistaken. This is really cool. Um, these that mini skirt with the Great British flag on it is banging. That reminds me of like peak Spice Girls era, Jerry Halliwell, Jerry Halliway um, type of vibe, right? Sporty Spice, Spicy Spice, whatever her fucking name was, Ginger Spice, whatever her fucking name was. But anyway, Spice Girls vibes. It kind of gives me that sort of like feeling towards it to be honest and it just looks really on point with what's going on nowadays um and yeah it was really a fun collection i'm not gonna lie i liked a lot of it um some of the cargoes i'd wear i'd actually wear this to a rave to be honest yeah once my body is in outer mason shape i'd wear this i love the european union stars here on that sort of skirt and it's really cool all of it was really styled immaculately really well there's some briefs that are happening that i'm going to be probably buying with a logo on the top there i probably should have done this with my own name in it on some briefs got some other made in aliexpress but yeah these are looking good i've always liked the lonsdale marlola um kind of flip you've got the sony type of flip thing which i've got in a hat which i still haven't worn but hey it's there you've got these boots that look are these boots or these i don't know what they are but they look really cool they're over the knees they look really interesting i like the flip here on the um on the bomber jacket that's been made into a vest that goes over the head uh again great logos great everything i love i love i loved it all everything about it was awesome but unfortunately all the controversy around it kind of you know eclipsed what was going on on the runway and we didn't get to focus on the clothes but we did actually let me not lie the focus on clothes was there for a couple of days but then it obviously shifted towards the flagship but yeah the clothes were sick the casting was awesome i loved the makeup all of it was great these cargoes look fucking banging they may be a little bit too martin rosie diesel inspired and that was the other brand that all the la girls like to wear there's a particular brand that they like to wear of cargoes and i've seen some of my um gay fashion friends wearing them also i forgot the brand and they make them in a sort of like rusted purple colorway but um yeah those kind of look a little bit similar to them in terms of the pocket placements and the shape right um but i still like the printed shirts with the woman with the spread legs not for me i think you can only wear those things when you're a certain age you know it's like wearing it's like wearing hentai t-shirts i mean i'm not really on that but everything else banging 10 out of 10 definitely one of my favorite collections so far london fashion week and we still got a few more to go like burberry and shit but yeah marilola did some good shit over there big up her big up her and actually not a single cap in is there a single cap in there is there a single cap that i've got is that cap on the runway no is that well we have a couple of baseball caps but what not that logo cool okay cool oh actually we do have a logo it is there i'm, I'm lying it's a bit bigger and it's changed but yeah that hat is still there the hat remains i thought she wouldn't put on a runway again but i guess you know whatever makes you the monies you kind of have to go you kind of have to go talking about going um we're also going to show some pictures of bianca senzori and kanye at the show also they looked fucking cool big up them i'm loving kanye's ninja look that he's going for at the moment i'm also loving the fact that he's only wearing black and basically wearing the same clothes every single day maybe he's got different you know ones that he pulls out that are clean but i like the fact that he's got these t-shirt mask things that he wears now and then he's also got you know he just wears basically all black with his um very thin plimsoll like sandals or slipper shoe things that he types to wear nowadays so that's pretty pretty sick to see him out and about doing that thing they were front row at the show having way of a time there's no more is there no more images of them yeah there's a video i don't want to play the video because it's gonna have music on it and shit but that's them over there at the show having a great time over there in the back you know doing what they do as people and shit so big up them too big up them too anyway that has been the excellent zing show episode number 706 
thank you so much for tuning in be the pleasure of your company as per usual if you like to show you enjoy what you see please make sure you smash a like button down below for me and leave a comment down below if you're listening via the podcast app you're here tuning in today playing underneath my voice right now and if you can leave me a five-star review on spotify on apple itunes or podcast app you use i'll be greatly appreciative of your reviews on there for me but until that time, um, obviously, yeah, actually, before I leave you, make sure also check out my Patreon at Zinger. No, make sure to check my Patreon at patreon.com for just Agostino. You'll find my bonus episodes that I do every single Monday on Patreon. You can join my Patreon for little as $1 per month. It's available to you via the link down below. At the moment, there's an episode there, me breaking down some of the stuff that happened in a Chris, um, not Crystalia, in the Russell brand dispatches documentary channel 4 so if you want to hear some of my opinions on that make sure you check out my patreon at patreon.com for slash agostino which is a-g-o-s-t-i-n-h-o you can join us little as one dollar per month and you can get access to all my patreon posts on there every new post every single monday thank you for tuning in to excellent english episode number 706 i'll see you guys again very very soon take care be safe everybody peace So I will sing, yeah I'm just a boy But I will win, yeah Lost on the lovers Fellow travelers, yeah Leave me sad and hollow Out at a word If I should stumble, catch my fall, yeah. If I should stumble, catch my fall, catch my fall. If I should stumble, catch my fall. If I should stumble. Should stumble. Catch my phone. Yeah. If I should stumble.